Well, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders and men's ministers to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach men in today's culture, discussing issues men face every day. This is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Hi, I'm Mike Sandler of Cape Fear Men. Statistics tells us that over a million children go to bed each night without a dad in the home. Children without a father figure in their lives who could pour into them and influence them to be the model adult this world needs. What is even more alarming is the number of children who go to bed each night that has a dad in the home but does not interact with their children in such a way that produces the type of adults our world needs today. Today I have as my guest Rick McGee of Kids Outdoor Zone, a ministry that provides men of your church with training and curriculum to mentor boys using outdoor adventure. Rick is an outdoorsman by heart. He was raised in Mississippi and Alabama and is now living in Lynchburg, Virginia. Rick knows the outdoors. After 15 years in the timber products industry, God called him to serve as administrative and men's pastor of a large Baptist church for 12 years in Lynchburg, Virginia. Rick is now a chief of operations and East Coast director of Kids Outdoor Zone, the fastest growing outdoor ministry in America. He is married to Martha and a dad to three boys. In addition to loving and enjoying Jesus and his family, you can find him in a good tree stand in the fall or at a pond or lake just about any time of the year. Rick, thank you for joining me today. Good to have you. Mike, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Good. I know we've had a lot of conversations over the last year or so, and it's always a joy to talk to you, just hearing what God is doing through you in the ministry of Kids Outdoor Zone. And I hope we can provide some insight to our listeners today about what Kids Outdoor Zone does and how it can benefit their church and their local men's ministry as they uh, as they work into the uh, children's lives. But before we really get into uh, what Kids Outdoor Zone does, I want to let our listeners get to know you a little bit more. If you would be so kind to just share what your favorite verse or a life verse or a particular verse that may be uh, God speaking to you right now and why that verse is so meaningful to you. Uh, sure thing. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 has been kind of a uh, an all-time life verse for me. It's uh, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and petition, present your requests to God that the um, and, and with thanksgiving that your quest may be known to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And it's just been a, especially in today's times, it's been this faithful reminder to me that no matter what chaos is going on or what uh, disappointments are in our lives, um, that our anxiety, it only gets in the way and that we're to lay our cares and our trust on, in our Heavenly Father instead of our circumstances, instead of the moments that are happening around us. And boy, that has never been more yeah. necessary for today uh, as it is today. Oh, absolutely. There's so much so much uh, going on in our lives today, things we never thought we would be dealing with as we, many of us were growing up and into this world and uh, um, be a time in our lives that will be remembered for a long time. Well, uh, how about telling our listening audiences uh, when you came to Christ and, uh, and what was that uh, story all about and how did, that, how did that actually happen? Oh, I'd love to. I grew up in a single parent home. Mom was uh, in the uh, one of the poorest counties and one of the poorest states in, in the country, Mississippi. And um, I was the middle of three boys and uh, mom was just super faithful to have us in church. 
so I'd heard the gospel message many times and um, I'd heard God's plan and, been, and done Bible drills and all the stuff. I was a good church mouse in a little Baptist church in central Mississippi. And uh, I even walked the aisle uh, at seven or eight years old and got baptized in a, in a vacation Bible school because all my buddies and a pretty girl did it. Uh, and so I thought I needed to do it too. And, uh, but years later, it's amazing I, I, how your pretty girls can sometimes get us to do things. Well, it? and I laugh about that because I ended up marrying her and we've been married 32 <laughs> years. But, um, the, uh, uh, years later I was laying in bed, probably about 15 years old. It was either 14 or 15. And there was a big thunderstorm coming, Mike, and I could just see it coming and the wind was shaking the house. You know how all that stuff, you can hear the thunder and lightning. And, and I thought to myself, if, if this was the Lord coming back, cause I'd heard the story, you know, I'd heard that he was coming back one day. And, and I said, if this was the Lord coming back, I'd go to hell. I'm convinced today the Holy spirit was leading me, uh, to himself. And so I knew the, I knew the plan, man. I knew how to all the, I'd heard it a hundred times on how to accept Jesus as your savior. So I crawled out of my bed that night and knelt down next to my bed and surrendered my life to Christ to to the amount and limited of understanding that I had. And it just began this journey of, of um, trusting more in him than I did in the world and looking to him and being different and being okay with being different. And uh, so at that young age, I surrendered my life to Christ in my bedroom uh, all by myself with the Holy spirit. Hmm. Mm. Yours sounds very similar to mine in a lot of ways because I did the same thing. I was in my bedroom by myself. And uh, after listening to a youth pastor speak of uh, uh, many times to us born into our lives, the Roman road, uh, many of our listeners mm. know about. We share the scriptures uh, out of Romans, the book of Romans, about why, what it means to come to Christ. And so I did the same thing. That's a tremendous testimony of understanding of uh, God and the Holy Spirit begins to work in your life and he begins to touch you and draw you. And, and that you yield to the spirit at that time with nobody else around is a special moment. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about Kids Outdoor Zone a little bit. Share a little bit, if you would, about the purpose and the mission of Kids Outdoor Zone. Well, well, first, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this before you get into that. How long have you been uh, working with uh, TJ and the Kids Outdoor Zone now? So we, we began, I met TJ in 2013. I was an administrative and men's pastor, uh, as you mentioned in my introduction. And, um, and I was busy. We were, we had a lot going on. We had built a new campus. Um, Men's ministry was, was, had a lot going on. We had at some points over a hundred men in Bible study on Sunday, on Wednesday mornings and uh, during the week. And, and so uh, uh, this guy, I, we had launched an outdoor ministry in our church, and it, we had been blessed with a 500-acre hunting lease, the the rights of that lease to be donated to the church. And so we were wow. using that for ministry. It was an exciting and fun time. We were holding big events out there, and people were getting saved. And it was it was just a glorious time. And uh, And this and so the local denominational leaders were here around Lynchburg had heard about that and asked me to speak on how we started our outdoor ministry to try to help other churches if they wanted to. So I'd done these breakout sessions or conferences several times um, over the years, 
And I was slated to speak at a big conference that uh, was hosted here in Lynchburg that's hosted every year. It was wildfire years ago, and now it's called Ignite. Mm -hmm. About 10,000 men. It's a big, big deal. Right. And I would do a breakout session on outdoor ministry. And and this guy calls me and says, uh, uh, I see you're doing an outdoor breakout session. I am, too, an outdoor ministry breakout. Could we meet for breakfast? I've never done anything like this, and I'd love to pick your brain. So I, I come running in and I said, man, I'd love to eat. We were going to eat breakfast together the morning of the conference. And I, but I came running in, had a ministry uh, call I had to run to. And I said, I don't really have time for breakfast. I, I really need to go, but I didn't want to not honor our meeting. And it was TJ, TJ Graney. And it was his first step into the, into the larger United States, um, you know, outside of Austin. Uh, to launch KOZ nationally. And at that Ignite conference, that Wildfire Weekend conference, um, he ended. Up, we ended up meeting, and I walked out of that conversation when he described to me Kids Outdoor Zone. I said, I cannot not do this. This is too important. And that was 2013, and he, a lot of men said that that, that weekend. Uh, he had over 100 men fill out cards saying, I want more information. He started coming back to do trainings. We started our KOZ group in September of 2013. And, uh, and Mike, when we get into the more of the details of what it's about, this may make a little more sense, but it's just basically a group of men taking boys one Saturday morning a month on outdoor adventures. And so we did our first one. And, and one of the things God put in TJ's heart that is amazing is the little he, at the end of every KOZ morning, you give the boys an index card and they go sit down and write one thing they want you to pray for them about and one thing they learned that day. Hmm. And and so those cards come back into the leaders. They don't have to sign them, but it gives the leaders somebody, you know, they can be praying for these boys. Well, one of our boys, we only had church boys that morning because we kind of started slow. We wanted to start slow. Right. And we said, one of those boys put on their sit spot car is what we call it. I finally feel like I'm not alone. And we just stopped. We looked at each other because one of those, th that boy was one of our sons, our close friends. These, that boy was in Sunday school every Sunday. Oh. That was a regular kid in church. Oh. And that's how we felt because whatever happened that morning, five hours of just uninterrupted, outdoor adventure, fun, but pressing in with a little short Bible story that connected to what we were doing and taking the church, I call it outside the walls of the church, just created a moment for him. And we get those, Mike, over and over again. Those first KOZs seem to be special for some reason. Um, here in Lynchburg, another church started, not uh, I guess it was about three years ago. They had their first KOZ. They didn't do anything but whittle sticks <laughs> and cooked hot dogs with their whittled sticks. And then the men showed them how to uh, how to restring a, a rod and reel. So they restrang a man, about 10 rod and reels. I was a little jealous. Got all those rod and reels restrung. <laughs> but two boys got in their cars and told two different leaders. The message was same message, but two different leaders heard the same thing when the boys got in their cars. Two boys said this was the best day of my life. Gracious. And they've been broken, broken homes, and they just got five hours, Mike, of, of a man paying attention to them. 
and it made all the difference in the world. And they knew they were going to get it not just this month. They're going to get it next month and the next month. And that mentoring starts creating these bonds. So though that was a long answer to how TJ and I met 2013. We, uh, we started our KOZ group and uh, TJ and I became great friends, obviously. And in 2016, God called me out of that role in the church and uh, into KOZ full time to help because he was a one man show. He was running hard, training churches, uh, going to men's conferences, trying to, you know, share the story of KOZ with men of the country. And, and uh, I could just see him getting buried. He was and God just started putting the burden on my heart that he needed help. And and he just put it together. I started full time uh, with Kids Outdoor Zone in 2000. This is 20, I think 2017. Wow. Wow. So Kids Outdoor Zone has actually only been in existence about seven years then. Uh, well, he, he was doing it in Austin uh-huh. um, before it went nationally. Um, I think our, our nonprofit status uh, paperwork has 2009 on it, but TJ's a pretty okay. big visionary. He's a visionary, so he was seeing what God might would do with it. But you're right. Nationally, it launched in 2013 on the larger scale, you know, outside the, the uh, city of Austin. Yeah. Now, was he doing this within his church or was he doing it kind of outside the church as a kind of a paraministry like, like, like it is now? He was definitely uh, operating it in the church, and that's an amazing story. He he was teacher of a Sunday school class, seven and eighth grade, fifth and sixth grade. No, his fifth and sixth grade boys, I think. And he he, I'll I'll just keep the story short. But he he basically looked at all the boys and said, "Guys, y'all want to go fishing next weekend?" And all goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, of course." What boy? What boy doesn't want to go fishing? (laughs) Right. And he realized what he got himself into. And so we, when he went to the church service, he looked and there was his buddies that had blue jeans and boots and had their arms folded sitting on the back row. You know, the type that sometimes feel they're good guys, but they don't always feel like they know what their role is in the church. They don't, they don't sing or they don't teach and they'll help take up the offering or stack chairs. But they, uh, anyway, he had a, a sack full of those guys sitting on the back row and he just said, Hey, I need some help next weekend. Take some boys fishing. You want to, you want to help? And they, he had four or five guys jump in and say, yeah, I'll help with that. And so they brought their rod and reels. They had 30 boys show up. Oh my gracious. And, That's more than what was in his class, wasn't it? It was, it was definitely several invitees. Now his class has gotten big because TJ's kind of outdoor and adventure and he loves all of that. So, you know, it was, it was a good size class, but. And the boys loved all that, but uh, it just made them all think the, the the men were as excited about the Saturday after it was over as the boys were. And they didn't even, they just kind of fell into it. You know, they wasn't anything they really planned, but the men and the boys were saying, Hey, you want to do this next week again? And just like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. We got to So they started planning them once a month and changing up the adventures and said, we ought to feed them lunch before they go. And we ought to, oh, we got to be intentional about discipling these boys. Started adding a devotion and God just started downloading this ministry to how to do it. And there's the book year 13, Mike is on our website. And it literally tells this whole story. Year 13 is an amazing resource that tells the play by play of TJ's life as a, he was a homeless boy at 13 years old. 
Oh, wow. And, uh, and what God did in that rescue and that story ended up creating this ministry. Oh, man. That, that is so exciting to just, just to hear that and understand that. And I know there's a lot of churches out there who would love, really love to see something like that in their church. they got some kind of ministries going on with their young boys. But uh, I don't think I've ever heard of anything as exciting as what this uh, what, what Kids Outdoors on is, is doing. Tell me a little bit why, you know, we, we got kids that are doing a lot of things, you know, these days uh, as far as activities. You know, a lot of them are like say, staying in their houses playing games some may go to trampoline parks or amusement parks and things like that the parents may take them to those kinds of things but why outdoor activities for young boys why why is that so important do you think well we we use an acronym called fom j f-o-m-j and really the nucleus of our ministry is the fatherless boy and and the platform is outdoors for, so for the O in that, and then mentoring is where the magic happens. That's where we can rescue that fatherless boy. And all that is for nothing. If you don't have Jesus, it's fatherless outdoor mentoring and Jesus. And so let me just sit in outdoors. Cause you ask a great question. Every, every statistic, Mike, that about the emotional health of our society, uh, goes down as we go inside overweight uh mental health mm-hmm. attention deficit all of every statistic right now the average kid spends 70 hours a week in from some in front of some kind of digital screen 70 hours a week guess what that compares to outdoor time 40 minutes a week now i don't know what your life was like growing up but mine that was a we we need a digital screen. The only thing there was was a television. Right, right. And in our outdoor time, it probably wasn't seventy hours, but it was probably twenty to forty. It was massive amount of time hunting and fishing and searching the creek and uh, looking just for adventure in the out outdoors. You know, going to the pond or hiking to the to the top of a mountain was just part of how we lived our lives. Mom would yell and call, say, "Don't get out of." Don't, don't get out of earshot so you can hear me when it's time for dinner. And that's what the old dinner bell was all about, was to bring yeah. the farmer yeah. in from the outdoors. And, Mike, what's happened in the last 20 years has been an absolute dagger to the heart of the adventurous young boy. Oh, a yeah. boy, uh, God's creation. There, there are so many health, attri- health attributes that are, are, are being talked about now. You see it even in secular programming where uh, government and the national parks and all these and, and emotional health, they're all point people go camp and get outside, go to your national park, go to your national forest, go to the lake because right. there is so much mental health and, and, and it stops all the mental distractions. We, I like to say, I used to think if, uh, if we had a Christian mentor, serious Christian mentor in every coaching spot, and then we had, we also had these for the non-athlete. We had outdoor, good, solid Christian mentors for outdoor, for the outdoor industry or ministry. You would absolutely cast a net on 90% plus of the boys that would be able to help them through the struggles of this life. I mean, I know what a 
difference a good – I had some great football coaches through high school that I still can talk to today. And they were good, good guys. And unfortunately, that's not that's not always the case. And And I also had some pretty rough guys that were my outdoor mentors. And you put Jesus in the middle of any one of those mentoring roles and you can change a boy's life. Amen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I can, I can relate to that. I lost my dad when I was 14, even though he was mm. very active, very active and very, uh, uh, dad, as far as uh, being active in my life, uh, he passed away due to a heart, heart attack when I was 14. And, I didn't oh. have that. I did not have that father figure uh, during those formative teenage years uh, that I really needed someone. So I always felt like I was kind of uh, behind the eight ball, so to speak, of a lot of my peers. Uh, I felt up. the same way. I know that feeling perfectly. Yeah. So, so th- th- this is tremendous. This is just tremendous, in my opinion, as far as, far as what uh, you and TJ and the others that are involved in this ministry are doing. Um, what age boys could be can can participate in this? Uh, Kind of yeah, eight, eight years out. old is kind of the bottom. And uh, if you go below eight, you get into a little more babysitting. You know, you really got to get too much attention to just one or two of the boys. Mm-hmm. So eight years old, they really start climbing in their ability to, to take on a little more complex task mm-hmm. and be independent. And so eight to 18 is the age frame. Okay. Eight, uh, eight to 18. And, uh, uh, any, I guess it could be any boy. They don't have to necessarily be a, a, a church boy, so to speak, going to church on, on a regular basis or any of that kind of stuff. It could be any, any boy in the neighborhood. We, we, the DNA of this program is to catch that kid that's looking through the fence at, through the church, at the church, wondering what that fire pit's all about and what uh, those boys are playing. We want that kid. We want that kid that's, Oh, in the trailer park across the road, looking to see what's going on, would love to be there. Um, you know, it, it really comes down to the church. That church has to, but our our we're so strong in our training that we would ask the church just in, if you don't want to reach your community, the boys in your community, with with a ministry, then just don't start kids outdoors on. That's really to be a to be a ministry just to the boys of your church is you're kind of missing it. The, the the real reach here is for those for every boy, every boy in the church yeah. and outside the church. Yeah, but the thing about it is, I thought you were going to go in a little bit different direction, but you're absolutely correct in what you're saying. But we know that as a, our 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 DNA as a male, uh, we may talk about you know I could do things on my own, but we're always looking for that connection. So if the church don't reach out to those boys, somebody will. And it may not be who you want to to reach out to those boys. And, and I think and, I think our history is telling us that it's not the person that's helping that boy. It's yeah, you know, it's users, abusers, drug dealers. It's the people that are going to just make create havoc in those boys' lives. I like to I like to say it this way, Mike. I, I think the the right now the this generation of boys are literally walking off a cliff of all the mm-hmm. temptations that are in front of them. And, and we're just literally losing them. And and I, I believe, TJ and I believe, that the church has got this army of men. There's this massive army that is, that's not engaged in the battle. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because they don't have their sword. Maybe it's because they don't, they're wounded themselves. And what our heart is, is we want to give them a sword 
to go get back in this fight, get in the fight. And then what they find is, as they're doing KOZ, they begin healing themselves. Their, their own heart starts healing. When you see a boy that you just showed how to sight in a 22 rifle, how to adjust the <laughs> scope, and or you show a boy how to shoot a bow, and he starts narrowing that, that grouping of arrows down, or you show a boy how to figure out a rod and reel and how to catch his first fish, and, and you put that with some of the beautiful scripture that God's placed in, in the Word, and that boy starts coming alive, you realize you're healing you as much as you're healing him. Oh yeah, and and I'm telling you, Mike, it is. We we believe the army. There's an army, a secret or a silent army sitting in the church, that either for whatever reason, I'm I'm not judging because I I can be in that camp myself at any given time. But they're not engaged in the battle. We want to give them their sword. We want them to give them a fight to fight. That's that's worthy of our time and attention. That will take ground for the kingdom. That will be added to their their jewels in their crown because they've literally been a part of a rescue of a little boy. And it's not just that little boy. It immediately impacts his mother. It immediately impacts his grandparents that have to manage and navigate that world with him. But Mike, it multiplies. It's, it's going to impact that boy's future wife. Can you imagine a boy that's wounds are healed? The difference in what his wife has to manage and deal with and oh, his gosh. anger or his frustration oh, yeah. How, be, how much better of a dad is he when he recognizes, you know, Mr. Mike, he showed me all that stuff and he used the scripture. That's what I'm supposed to do for my boys. Yeah. And it just breaks this cycle. It has, it has the capacity to break this cycle of broken family after broken family. We can rescue a boy. We can create a generation and generations of generations after that of healthy, loving, God-fearing, sword-toting Christian men that go into the fight. Oh, oh amen. And, you know, that's, that, that is, that is one, some of the, some of the best days I can remember uh, with my dad was being outdoors. He was an avid fisherman and uh, ran a, ran a, a business on the water and uh, was going out on the water with him. He'd get me up at five o'clock in the morning to go surf fishing and, and oh. just being out there on the surf and things of that nature, you know, and that's, those are some of my favorite memories of being with my dad. And, and a lot of, a lot of boys don't have those kinds of memories and, it, and it's sad. Mike, it's, it's Dragonius right now. 40% of the boys in this country does do not have a dad. That's 22 million yeah. are going home tonight without a dad in the home. I mean, every, every, thing you measure spiritual physical health deteriorates when a kid doesn't have a dad there are teenage pregnancies substance abuse school dropout digital screen addictions it all exacerbates when a when a when a boy does not have a dad and it all flips when a boy gets a mentor the beauty of this is god's what the statistics say is what god had in mind gets proven out when a man steps into the heart of a boy, a life of a boy, and starts taking that role, it makes it all the difference in the world. Amen. Amen. Well, I mean, you know, I was looking on the website. There's an interesting question on your website. I, I want you to kind of, kind of address it. We're talking about these boys and the boys are enjoying But there was this one question. That says, My boy is not a rough, tough, outdoor kind of kid. Would he enjoy KOZ? Hmm. That's a great, that's a great question and a great statement or, or a great thing to be talking about. 
So I, we believe that there is an adventure in every boy. There is a, a need and a heart and a desire for adventure. We kind of follow the wild at heart, John Eldridge. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every boy needs a, a, a woman to love, a girl to love, and a, and a, a, a battle to fight and uh, an adventure to live. And, and so a lot of times I think boys are that are hesitant. Sometimes it's because their lack of confidence, but, but just let that boy that's not real rough and tumble, not real adventurous. Let him, let him put that arrow in his first bullseye or let him learn to shoot a gun and all the boys and the men celebrate that bullseye hits or uh, when he builds his first survival t- uh, structure and and when he starts a fire on his own and he gets a man speaking into his life, telling him, good job, buddy. That Jimmy, what you just did would have saved your life on a cold night if you were lost. And uh, so when men get a chance to speak into that, that boy that is pulled back, is not sure of himself, is uncertain, much of it comes from They've become so um, uh, artificial in the world they live in. They live in a digital world where they can they can do things in a video game that they get to pull back. They they don't feel the consequence of it, and they they can just start the game over, or they can uh, whatever you do when you when you die, you can just kick your life back on again, and you're off running in the fight again, or in the game again. Well, what the outdoors does and the men in that circle, that group of boys does, is they get to speak real words into that boy's heart and his life. And so he doesn't have to be the Daniel Boone of the group. He doesn't have to be the sharpest or the quickest when it comes to outdoor skills. But what we've seen, we've seen boys come to life. Mm. That's, that, that, that's just so so great. And like I said, this, what y'all are doing is exciting to me. How can, let's get back, let's get back at some of the logistics of the church, uh, tapping into the ministry a little bit. How can a church begin an outdoor kids, outdoor zone ministry within their body at, at their local church? It is really as simple as the training is online. So they pull a group of men together and do the training. And then the curriculum is online in our website. Both of them are in the website. And so they pull the each month's curriculum. They can print it. It's a, it's a PDF. They can print it and sit down and say, you know, next month is, is uh, survival. Next month, the month after that's fishing. We can go to, uh, you know, Larry's Pond and uh, survival we can do in the woods behind the church and where the, around the fire pit. We, you know, the boys can build their shelters or whatever, but it, it's really uh, execute the training and then just follow the curriculum. And we've put the devotions in the curriculum, Mike, so that they don't have to slide into Saturday morning wondering, okay, golly bum, what's, what was one of my, what was a good, devotion I had this week I can share with the boys. Well, you can do that if God says do it, but we have it so the men can just with a an hour of time praying and thinking about how they want to set it up, they can have a KOZ Saturday morning and uh, and just step into these boys' lives. So it's really that simple. Now, when you go to our website, there's a button on there that says start a group and just click that button, start a group.
And step one and two are going to describe the ministry to you, one in writing and one by video. But step three is where you order the training and we'll send you your books for your leaders. And then you just schedule it with the men and do your training together. Super. So, so uh, is there any additional cost other than the material for church to uh, utilize your, your material? I mean, obviously, obviously you have to purchase the material, but are there any other costs outside of that? The membership cost for Kids Outdoor Zone is $300 a year. Okay. And so we, it just keeps the, you get the new year of curriculum. You stay connected to us. We send out a video, TJ and I do a video blog uh, every month saying, okay, this month is, you know, go to water and go, uh, go boating or go swimming or go do something while you can go fishing again. And we give them the best things we've heard about. So it's a way to stay plugged into our ministry and still feel connected. But that first year, just to get your men trained and get started. And we just keep it the same price of the whole year is two forty nine, And that gives you the curriculum for that year and the training. And as long as you're a member, you, the training portal is open to you and you can train new men as they want to get started and get training and, and trained to be an, a harvest team leader is what we call them um, to join your group. Okay. Now your training material and, and your curriculum that goes off month to month. If I was starting a group to now in February, would I already be able through that material know what I should be planning for, say like in June or July? We give you the whole year. It's all laid out. Okay, so that so that makes it so much simpler for for a, a kids outdoors zone leader to be able to just lay the year right out and know all he has to do is deal with the logistics of where I'm going to go where I'm going to get the, um, uh, the equipment to do what I need to do. I don't have to we worry got, about the actual. We have actual churches. We we put out that year in in uh, advance yeah. uh, in, in November of the year before because we have groups that do their annual planning meeting in November, and they plan out their whole year. You know, they assign the guy that's going to do the fishing, who's going to do the range, go to the range, who's going to do archery. And so that man has some time. So we put the year, just the year uh, in review uh, out and it's just the title. You know, they know most of the churches have already done it, but we like May is fishing, you know, June is uh, hiking, uh, whatever. It's just one word description. And we might put the verse we put with that month. Yeah. So obviously, obviously uh, most of the stuff that you're planning can't be done on the church campus. It has to be done elsewhere, and, and otherwise, kind of just gets them away from the church campus, campus, so to speak, and out into the woods or out into the rivers and the oceans. If you live near the oceans and, and things of that nature, so so they actually get the good feel of what it means to be in, in the outdoors. And, uh, and 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 some churches, Mike, are in already out in the country. A lot of yeah. a lot of our KZ churches, yeah. they build a fire ring on the corner of the church property, back in a little wood lot. And that's what my church has done. And, and they meet at the, the, the drop off for the moms is at the church and pickup is at the church. Good. That is so, that is so, so neat and, and so great. I know we're talking a lot of times about fatherless kids, but how many do you get a lot of the kids that do have fathers and their fathers themselves participating Absolutely. in this? Absolutely. The, we don't, we obviously would not tell you to advertise this as a ministry to the fatherless because then a boy's already been put in a, category he's been pitched holding yeah yeah so we this is a ministry to boys and and unfortunately mike in our generation 
in our country right now. You throw that net out to boys and you can have as many as three quarter of them be fatherless. But very few churches have anything fewer than 25% of the boys fatherless. And, and what I loved about it as a dad is my son's got to learn from other men's expertise. And I hear that all the time. There's other men, like if I'm, I'm not much of a saltwater fisherman, I've never done it before. I'm not a turkey hunter, but I loved having men in my KOZ group that love turkey hunting and could really teach the boys some things about turkey hunting. And so they added to, and they complimented my, uh, my love and my uh, discipling and teaching of my sons. But you, you inevitably get those boys that, that de- are desperate. Literally their souls are starving for a man to show them anything. And this is that place where it can happen. I, we had a, we had a card one time that was wrote on that card. This was probably about four years ago. Uh, cause the young man is 21 now. So he was about 17. Um, he said, pray for me. Um, pray for me. My, my mom is dead. My dad's in jail and my grandpa is sick. Oh, my I'm losing, I'm losing hope. That's so those were the words written on the card. Huh. And, and so we started pushing into this young man's life. And, and he was obviously a fatherless and broken boy. And today, after he started KOZ, when we started it in 13, uh, Mike, today that young man has got a full-time job and he is finishing up his criminal justice degree. And, oh, and, and God's just creating beauty from ashes. We About a month ago, we had a, a – well, it's been a month and a half ago. It's almost two now. The um, – end of the season uh, hunt for deer. We got a farm we could hunt. And we had a boy from the foster, uh, uh, from fostering. The family in our church fostered him at 14 years old. He's now 16. And we, I just asked the boys, we were all sitting around eating lunch after the hunt. And I said, boys, tell us, tell us guys what it's like to live in your world. What's it like to be a Christian in school now and to be a Christian in your generation? Or try to, and I did cubbyhole Christian, but it was more of how to how to how do you identify with God in school? And this one boy, he spoke up in this foster. He said, "You know, I don't really understand God. I mean, I I had I had a knife at my throat with a stepdad over and over again. Thought I would die at any time. I I was shot." Over my head, my, he, he shot a gun over my head to scare me. So where's God in that? And he said, "I'm I'm I'm safe now. I, you know, I've been two years with with my uh, with my foster parents, and it's been great. But I just don't understand why God would make me go through that. And he, that question, Mike, is brewing in his heart." And it really depends on where he's going to get his answers from as to how he's going to play that. And I spoke to him of in the group of Buddy, and I won't use his name, but Buddy, just know that we all get a free will. We all get a free will. We get to choose how we're going to play this out. And your stepdads made some – they made the wrong choice, man. They they decided to 
to go after themselves and what they wanted instead of the things of the Lord. And your step parents are choosing to walk with the Lord. You're you're going to have to choose who you will serve, who you will be, whose you will be. You'll be a and and the Bible's clear. We live in a world at war. Your stepdads were ravaged by Satan. Satan seeks whom he can devour and destroy. But God's beautiful picture of redemption, and and you can walk with Him the rest all the days of your life. It was beautiful. We prayed. We we prayed over him. And then this one thing, Mike, this KOZ leader, before we got up from that, he said, son, I want you to know. So here's my number. And this actual leader was from another town. He said, if you ever feel unsafe again, ever, I don't care if you're on the other side of the world, you call me and I'll come get you. It was like Jesus came out of the sky and came flesh. And just wrap that boy with love and rescue that I think he'll remember the rest of his life. I think it'll impact the rest of his journey. That is so super. And, and, and Rick, I know you and I could sit here and continue to talk about this for another hour, and, huh. uh, but, but we're, uh, we're coming up on our time where we need to end. And, and uh, I want to, I want to give you a, a moment to tell people how they can reach out and contact you or TJ or, or the ministry itself. If they want to get more information from you. Absolutely. If you, if you think this is a ministry that your church uh, could possibly do, we have worked super hard. God has just downloaded this to be a simple, I, I, I call this ministry simple and transferable. It, it really is. You don't need any, heavy Bible teaching, Mike, you, we lay those devotions out so that you can, it's made for man with a callus in his hands mm. or a man that's not had very much exposure to the outdoors. We've laid those lessons out. So they're super simple and the adventures are easily reachable. And so you can go to our website at kidsoutdoorzone.com. And certainly there's a button there to contact us. Um, that's probably the easiest way to tell you here, but you know, I can, you know, my, my email address is rick at kidsoutdoorzone.com, and I'd be glad to hear and help any of you. I'm, I'm walking through three churches starting up even in the last couple of weeks. And so uh, it's, it's, it's so powerful. It's so important in our culture today. We desperately need men to just step into this fight and rescue these boys that are, again, just walking off a cliff that the world's offering. And we can rescue them. And so uh, it's really that easy, Mike. Just just reach out to me at rick at kidsoutdoorzone.com. Go to our website at www.kidsoutdoorzone.com and let us help you. We want to get started. Amen. And I would encourage uh, all of you out there that was listening to this to uh, reach out to Rick. And and I think he would be very pleased with the, the ministry that they'll help you get started. I will say this, that uh, Rick and I will be together uh, later on in the fall at uh, a couple of conferences uh, that's happening here in North Carolina, one in uh, Monroe, North Carolina, with the Igniting the Men's uh, uh, Conference, Igniting the Hearts of the Men Conference in uh, Monroe on September 11th, and then uh, in Richland, North Carolina on September 25th, and then again in Wilton, North Carolina on October 2nd. He and I will be there together uh, as he shares more about the ministry. So look for those opportunities too. And you can I also love reach out I'm to super looking forward to that. And let me know if, uh, you know, if, if, when you meet me there, I'd love to meet you and hear your story and all that. And I'll be doing a breakout session, each one of those, and That's they'll right. be wrapping around to how this impacts the kids. 
Well, Rick, I appreciate your time today. I know you're a busy guy and uh, and provider of all this information uh, that uh, all of us need to take time to digest. And and, uh, just thank you for your time. And for those of you out there, if you want to know more about K-Fear Men, don't hesitate to reach out to me at kfearmen at gmail.com. And uh, you can get get directly to me that way. Uh, But I appreciate you all listening to Intentional Conversation. Rick, thanks for being with us again today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for what you do, brother. Bless you, man. Okay. Bless you. Bless you. Well, that, I, I encourage you again to join me in next, uh, next time on Intentional Conversations with Mike Salem. God bless everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Intentional Conversations with Mike Salem. Intentional Conversations is a production of Cape Fear Men and Men's Ministry Coalition. In case you missed something or would like to review something said, this conversation will be available on the Cape Fear Men website within the next few days. Just go to capefearmen.net slash podcast to listen. You can also find us on iTunes and Spotify, and you will be able to listen to past podcasts. If you enjoyed today's program, I would like to ask you to consider helping us keep these broadcasts coming to you by donating to Cape Fear Men by either going to capefearmen.net and clicking on the donate button at the top of the page, or text CAPE, C-A-P-E, to 50155. Cape Fear Men is a 501c3 organization, and all donations are tax deductible. Thank you in advance for your donations. If you have other questions, drop us an email at capefearmen at gmail.com. Again, Intentional Conversations is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Now, as a beloved mentor used to say after finishing our time together, I pray God will give you the rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shake your back. Join us next time on Intentional Conversations. God bless.